welcome to another pot shot episode it's the post and field breakdown and i have with me seb and alex i think this is the first episode that we're doing in a while alex how have you been where have you been how are you oh i was actually on the last episode <laughs> but no but with me but oh yes with the star of the show it is my first episode in a very long time actually is this the first time the three of us have done a pod together? I think so, yeah. I think so. It may be. Wow. So the best pod yet then, I'm, <laughs> I'm expecting. <laughs> and I have with me Seb as well. Um, Lorcan ditched us at the last moment. Uh, and that's why we will be gifting him a lump of coal for Christmas. Um, <laughs> so boys, let's get into the pod shot question. Uh, I'll go to Seb first. Seb, imagine Arsenal players were characters in a sitcom. Who would play the quirky neighbor, the hopeless romantic, and the wise but slightly eccentric mentor? It's an interesting question. Um, I think for this quirky neighbor, I'm going to go Moel Nenny. Seems like a nice guy. To see <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah, seems yeah. like he has like... a sort of in <laughs> um, intricacies, but... Um, the hopeless romantic is one that uh, is a bit hard to answer for me. Uh, I'm going to go Erdegaard. I think he has a sort of nice charm to him. He, he's really 2000s protagonist yeah. of a sitcom yeah. coded, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> and the easiest Canceled one is... two seasons, but I can definitely yeah. see it. And the easiest one is the the slightly eccentric mentor. That's just Jorginho. I mean, that's just who he is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And Alex, what about you? I'm thinking, so I'm also stuck on the hopeless romantic, but I think the quirky neighbor, just 100% Zinchenko is the first one that came to mind. And yeah, I I think Zinchenko is a sitcom character of a human being. I mean, even his facial expressions (laughs) and everything. So I think he's definitely in there. Um, and then I would actually repurpose Moral Nanny as the slightly eccentric mentor, to be honest. I, I see that a lot in him. So, so I think I'll have, I'll have Olnenny there. I'm not sure on the romantic. I think, I don't know why, and this is probably a terrible take, but for some reason, I want to say Leandro Trossa. I have no reason why, but I, actually I, I, like I, that. I just get I, like, I cannot. Yeah, I just feel like he he kind of fits it. So, so I think I think those are probably my three. Yeah, and yourself, who, who would you go for? Okay, so I I think I for the quirky neighbor, I'd I'd say Zinchenko as well because I just feel that that guy is somebody who's driving monster trucks in his backyard or something. <laughs> so, like some crazy shit. He's, he's I mean, he, he he proposed to his, his, well, now wife when he was just like naked in the hallway in their home. And he was like, what? Yeah. 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 He's, he's told the story a couple times, but he, he said it again recently about one of his biggest regrets is like how he, he proposed and it like, you know, it was spur of the moment, but like he was just kind of like naked being like, do you want to get married? And he's like, that was the wrong way to do it. So he's very much shit. He, that is him as a person, yeah. next to eccentric, naked, <laughs> not naked, neighbor, sorry. Yeah. I think my hopeless romantic would either be Martinelli because he's such a nice, he seems like a nice boy, family boy or something. And 
the eccentric mentor i want to say arteta but like it's just the they're doing just players right so yeah, my center as a sitcom he's more of like a the mentor to hitman in like a a grim se- <laughs> series yeah you know but yeah yeah just a dark house broken windows ill maintained <laughs> and yeah and you're just scared of going to this place <laughs> yeah but we'll move on we'll move on to the game now uh it was a tight game at anfield which ended 1-1 um and we took the early lead at 4 minutes uh through a gabriel magalesh header from from a free kick from odegaard and that was his second free header in 4 minutes uh the first one uh, being from a corner uh i think we set the tone from the kick off pretty well uh to attack them where saka just beat van dijk and put a ball in but then we fell into that old bad habit which we've discussed a few times but we went out of uh of sitting back too soon and too much of out uh allowing the center backs and uh alexander arnold a lot of time on the ball uh but i think largely i'm i'm fine with this game you know i'm okay uh i'd say i'm okay going to anfield on an extremely windy day uh and getting a point uh in a season where we're pushing for the title where city have slightly slipped up uh, at the beginning uh but like you know we can't be we can't afford to be immature in a season like this and what's funny is i watched this game at a bar uh which was particularly a manchester united bar uh but that game ended at 6 uh like th- three hours before uh, and and the crowd was like the majorly liverpool supporters at the end and they were just going wild at every like <laughs> every long ball over the top and every is like half whatever like dribble or whatever and i was just like calm like i i, I was just sitting calm like i knew my defense i, I know this arsenal defense and i'm not worried uh, and i was like this po- like doing this podcast has made me a bit of a psycho like i can't enjoy games anymore i'm always analyzing <laughs> and just imagine like i'm sitting in sitting in a bar people going wild and i'm typing notes to myself and my notes <laughs> my whatsapp notes read like this okay uh, first message too many soft crosses allowed second message we are respecting them too much sitting back sitting back too much third message don't understand the timid timidness not attacking with usual <laughs> numbers so easy for them to find the free man behind press laughing my ass or what the fuck is going on martinelli <laughs> holding the ball for too long arsenal getting booked too much cheaply in midfield so i mean this this podcast doing this podcast ruined me <laughs> you're definitely the grumpiest of the five of us when it comes to while you're watching sometimes you'll be saying you'll be like what the fuck is he doing and i'm like it's not that bad everyone is like it's fine and you're like no he needs to do better so <laughs> seeing you send your own yourself your own messages i i can definitely see I that i cackled at about 15 minutes into the game when uh, madas just rolled into the group chat why are we playing like cunts <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean I was super annoyed. I I expected us to give them a game um and I don't know. Maybe and, and you know before I get in the game, I think this is a valid point to get your thoughts on. Why did we start sitting back immediately? Like do you think it's the Anfield atmosphere? It's the like the Anfield thing or maybe it's instruction from Arteta uh to not commit too much in attack? What do you think Alex? I didn't have an issue with it. I mean, I don't think we we sat back and just kind of like low blocked. I think it was still like a managed mid block, right? And I think in a game versus 
like Liverpool, the one thing you don't want is to suddenly allow it to become this transitional back and forwards game. And and you could see what they were going for. They were going for long balls. They were trying to unlock Salah or whoever, you know, with quite direct long balls. So I think it made sense to kind of sit back, stay a bit more compact and then kind of trust the press that we've kind of been deploying this sort of 4-1-4-1 to try kind of manage as much space as possible. Obviously, that's a brave press in its own right. I think that sometimes we probably should have gone more 4-4-2 to kind of direct where the passes happened because we kind of allowed them to, while we stayed compact, gave them kind of the space to to play, you know, pretty accurate balls without necessarily having pressure and being able to choose where they play the balls rather than us directing them onto a flank. But I think I didn't have an issue with us sitting off. Um, it was This actually goes back to a discussion that I was on the last pod. Um, and we were kind of speaking about if, you know, if you knew Arsenal were going to score, so that's guaranteed, would you take that not knowing how many Liverpool are going to score. And I said that I would. And it's kind of because I did have that confidence that we wouldn't concede. Having said that, I was still kind of thinking of us in our perfect 11. And I think Zinchenko versus Salah was always going to be going to be the weak point, right? And we'll, we'll probably speak about that later. But, but I think Arteta had the same sort of idea. When we scored early, I think he just wanted to manage the game um and not allow it to become too transitional because that's the last thing you want it's a difficult one though because in the alternative is kind of giving guys like van dyke and, and especially trent lots of time on the ball which did happen but i think it's, it's the trade-off that we had to go for and to be honest i think it was the right choice it just it did kind of play into them maybe it was more about b- being able to find you spoke about being able to find the free man i think sometimes they did manage to pull us around a little bit. They found Endo in the middle, like in space, a lot. But I don't think that was a problem with sitting off at all. I just, I think, yeah, we didn't, we didn't manage that as well as we could have. Um, I would have liked to spend more time. Obviously, we watched last night, woke up today, watched as much of the match as I could, and then on the pod. But that was what I was trying to focus on: is why were they managing to find that inside ball so often? The one thing I can say is. Um, and maybe this is why I think the 4-1-4-1 wasn't ideal is because it does leave those spaces and kind of, the, you know, we we do it because we want them to kind of force them into a decision and we believe we can win the ball back, right? But especially with Van Dijk as that left-footed, I mean, sorry, left-sided, right-footed centre-back, he was just managing to play these inside balls just straight through the middle um, of our press into Endo, who's actually pretty good on the turn, I, I noticed, and Curtis Jones at times, whoever was kind of getting free and drifting into the center and and that caused us a lot of trouble. So maybe we could have been more compact rather than in a four four two rather than um than having issues with us sitting off a bit. Yeah, I think you've like essentially summarized a lot of the game pretty well there. But specifically, I think you mentioned uh, the approach from Liverpool to go along, right? But before we get into that i want to quickly come to seven ask him the same question that what did you feel like was this is this a decision from our data maybe instruction to sit back on respect could it be that we traveled in midweek or is it just the anfield atmosphere i think generally when you have games where two teams are pretty much on an even keel quality wise these games normally end up being like this if you look at the City games against Liverpool, if you look at the City games against Arsenal, they're always 
a bit similar in the respect that you have two teams that are qualitatively relatively similar that end up having sort of spells of possession each, spells of sustained pressure each, that try, sort of cancel each other out in their approaches a bit. On top of that, going to Anfield is just is hell. The specter of uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold just yeeting a ball into Salah's feet at any given moment if you give them too much space in behind is mental gymnastics that I would never want to be involved in on a football pitch. And it's something that has to be considered into the approach. Because if you, if you push them, if you push yourself up high enough, you just leave yourself short in, in defense when, yeah. when they get the ball back. And there's no team in the world that's better at just in the moment of regaining the ball, just pinging it up with pinpoint accuracy and the transitions and lead to goals in 90% of the time. So managing that while also managing spells of the game where you are in control, where you are able to create chances. I think we struck that balance relatively well. And I think if you look at how much Liverpool were actually able to create on the day, I think we can't really argue with the end result even though at points it did look quite nervy. Yeah, no. Uh, I think during the game, my general feeling, you know, when you watch the game for the first time, your general feeling isn't the one that that you have when you're when you go and rewatch the game. Uh, my general feeling was that we didn't attack them like we usually do. We didn't press them like we usually do, and. They're like we've like I said, like there are mitigating reasons it being Anfield and you getting caught out on transition. All of that's true. I was clear that the game plan hinged on finding the long ball. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that our back four on the day we played a total of 21 long balls, our entire back four, and Alexander Arnold played 17 long balls on his own. Uh and and you could see like he was Alexander Arnold and Van Dyke were hitting early free kicks straight across into Salah. They were trying to find him very, very early. Um, and when you see Van Dyke receiving the ball, his body orientation sort of gives their you know tactical plan away. Like he's always facing inside towards the goalkeeper so that he can shift and just put the long ball in. So and I think at the end of the day, we were pretty evenly matched because I think we didn't attack them for all of these reasons, just you know, being mature in defense rather than just doing our stuff. Uh, but yeah, Seb, did you have a point here? Yeah, just uh, two actually. Um, on the not pushing them up as much as we normally do, perhaps it's just me, but I'm always kind of, uh, there's a German word for it, gebrandmarkt. Um, can't find the English one for it now. I'm, the, the memory of uh, the Carabao Cup game I think it was against Liverpool is just etched in my memory where we did push them back early and we did sort of create stuff and one giveaway Trent pings it to Jota and Shaka got caught out and receives a red card that's sort of an a prime example of what can happen if you give them too much space and my other contention would be that I'm less critical of the off-ball work we did, especially in the first half, because I think that's a necessary disposition you need to have at Anfield to sort of keep yourself in your shape and keep the score at an even keel. 
my contention would be more so with the on-ball approach, if it was even approach in the, fir in the first place, but we went a lot more direct than usual. I think someone on Twitter mentioned it that we, sp at one point, we played about 40-something percent of our passes forward. So we did invite them to, for the game at at some points to become too transitional for our own liking. So I would say my main contention would be more so with the in-possession stuff than the out-of-possession stuff. Right, yeah. So I think that sort of summarizes the fact that we were like mature in this game defensively and we went for a pragmatic first approach and my early messages on the WhatsApp group were completely unfounded. But before we get into the technicals, I want to just quickly set the context around this game, right? Liverpool's on-ball approach, because I think they had more possession last night. Like they had longer spells of possession. Um, I think in possession, they send their centre-backs really wide for either Alexander-Arnold or Endo to drop as the central centre-back. Uh, they pushed Simikas high up as the, as the left wing. Uh, so that Saka had to follow him all the way back. So that takes one person out of our press, which meant we pressed in a four rather than a five. And they, because they rely on numerical advantage rather than qualitative advantage in the midfield, which we clearly have, and I felt we have we have a dynamic physical advantage as well. They beat us so at times in midfield on quality uh, on on numbers basically, right on numerical advantage. Uh, by creating overloads in the center. Uh, their eight, uh, Sobosli and Jones sort of pendulumed back and forth, uh, pulling Rice either one way or the other. So he had to cover a lot of distance laterally. Trent going central center back is always tough because you need somebody to block his block that long ball into Salah, which basically caused the goal because Jesus didn't press him soon enough in the 29th minute and he, and he just put ping the ball right into Salah. Obviously, the wind helped with that, but yeah, like that that's just an environmental factor. And I think largely, this game sort of mirrored the Manchester United game uh, where we allowed them to progress in the first, first phase, just happy to sit in a, in a mid-block uh, and not give too much space away um, in the centre. Uh, now, I, now, I want to quickly come, uh, Alex, why, like, we've, we've discussed this a bit, but why but what what would be the solution if you wanted to press them like because we were one one person short and you touched on the fact that they ended up finding endo through the center and they they did find that central vertical ball pretty easily do you think that's a factor as well uh, in us sitting back or just not pressing as 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 like we did versus brighton I don't have an answer but this is what I'm interested in discussing and, and maybe working out with you guys because I do feel Obviously, the four one four one serves a lot of purposes, and it kind of just it, a lot of it comes down to us just thinking Rice can eat up space, right? But I think it it didn't work for a couple of reasons. Liverpool were finding central access. You you said earlier that Van Dijk's kind of obvious in terms of his like intention when he gets the ball, but I actually think sometimes he is you know popping it long, switching it out to out to the flank, but then sometimes he'll play that that central ball, and it kind of cut through us every time he tried it. And we were a bit too slow to react. And I think it's because the block, you know, when it's a 4-1-4-1, maybe we should have either had it more dense, right? And then maybe risked 
runners in behind and maybe this is where the discussion comes you know not necessarily being aggressive but having a high back line right or we should have committed to the 442 in the press and being able then to i think at least direct how they play when they're building out from the back a little bit better than we did i mean gabby j is amazing and as much as as we play that 4141 because we have rice we also do it because Gabby's just amazing at adjusting his angles, kind of direct the press. But but against against them, you know, especially when Trent was dropping deep, it just wasn't, and creating overloads there just wasn't possible. And I think it might have been better to have Odegaard stepping up and then having that sort of Havertz and Rice in the middle. I think they were they were managing to not only find a receiver that was free, but also a receiver that was free with a lot of sort of vertical space to turn into and carry. And that that applies to Saboshlai, but actually more even Endo when he was coming and Trent was dropping. And then Curtis Jones had one or two really, really good runs when he received. And I think even the same in the second half, we still saw that with Gravenberch when he came on, right? Um, he just didn't have a particularly good game, but it was another way in which they were exploiting us. So we didn't really fix that over the course of the match. And for me, it's not about being aggressive in the high press, but I do think it's about like the shape kind of meant that we were it's worked really well in the past and makes us really dominant. I think we could have been a little bit less gung-ho with that sort of approach and it would have left less pockets for them to receive because I think as much as, you know, playing the long balls, it was playing those those balls in the middle that caused a lot of problems and, and made the game transitional, transitional in its nature in terms of our structure kind of being pulled apart a little bit and then having to, you know, when we win, then we're trying to go forward because there's opportunities and that's sort of a game that Liverpool likes to play into that that um, aspect of variance that I think Arteta tries to just completely remove. Um, having said that, I didn't have as much of a... Uh, sorry, I don't want to move too way, far away from this discussion, but I didn't have as much of a problem with with us moving forward as I think Seb did. It was, it was more so the actions over our attack because once they receive rather than than um you know starting those attacks i think when you do get into that maybe maybe i'm here i'm contradicting myself because i'm saying it then i do want to say attack but i do feel that there were good opportunities that you know if martinelli had been a bit better in the third final third we would have got more shots off um led to more promising promising um scenarios Seb, do you have anything to add to that um not really i agree with alex on the spatial issue in the midfield and i i, I would agree that sort of moving to a 442 just to cut the horizontal distances that Havertz and Rice have to cover would would have sort of helped there um on the in possession bits i th- i think it's an interesting thing because it's a sort of um chicken or egg type situation in that yeah. <laughs> liverpool offer you the space in behind once you regain the ball but if you yeah. just immediately play the ball and want to exploit the space as quick as possible, you, your players aren't necessarily prepared for those actions. They have to, it's immediately just winning 1v1s against very good central defenders. There's not enough people coming in behind just to have numbers there to create something. And you're just not getting into settled possession enough times to to really get our game going as much as we would like to have. Yeah, I kind of, I think, thinking about it, I think it is also, it's a, it, you know, as any game is, it's about making decisions in the moment. I think some of our best sort of counters came through Odegaard, who kind of hold on to a little bit, then play the ball out wide, and then it allows runners. But, but I do agree, I think, especially when 
someone like Havertz or Gabby J or generally off the left or Martinelli would win it high and push forward immediately, they'd become isolated. So I do, I think I rolled back on that point I made a little bit earlier. I do, I do think it's just about choosing the right moments, which is obviously why, which is just where you need the elite players in the games to make the right decisions. And that's why, you know, City know when they need to go direct or when they need to hold on to it. And I think maybe we did get caught into a transitional game that they really did want. So yeah, I think I can see that. Yeah, I think, just to close out the why we didn't press, my large feel like what I largely feel is you have to press them because you can't allow the cheap long ball, but you can't press them because then they play through you. Um, and yeah, just the way that they de- they deployed. So I think credit to Klopp and Liverpool on the sort of approach that that they devised for this game, but also credit to our defense, which I didn't think, like I didn't have a problem with at all, largely except Jinsenko, who, you know, did Sinchenko's things. Alex? On that note, how much do you think us not pushing up just kind of completely to do with Sinchenko? Basically, Arteta also kind of recognizing, I think, from the, from the off that that was how the game was going to go. And he said, I'd rather have us sit off a little bit more and that provides, you know, maybe Zinchenko's not great in 1v1s, but actually I think Zinchenko's generally worse at getting caught out of position, getting caught with a man running in behind him. Obviously, the ball came now from a little bit of both, but I'd say more him not just doing badly in the 1v1. And I think Arteta was more willing to kind of risk Zinchenko getting caught in those sort of situations and having guys like Gabriel and Saliba to support. Because you you saw how often Saliba pulled across to the left in this game. I think more... More so than we we've ever really seen him do to kind of support that that part on the left. How much do you think it is that just rather than Artista saying nah over a game of ninety minutes if we're pushing up like that, Zinchenko's going to get found in behind at least once and it's Salah and he's inevitable and he's going to score from that. Yeah, I think it is a bit of a reaction to the Zinchenko thing as well as just a reaction to last season's game where the only viable alternative to having Zinchenko defend 1v1 against Salah was tried with Gabriel just aggressively pushing up towards him and that also led to problems. So I think the learning of that was just to to slightly temper the approach just to rid them of that weapon somewhat. I, I do agree with that. Um, and I think the tactical approach that Liverpool did sort of played into that as well where Martinelli can't can't really co-support Zinchenko because he's pressing either Trent if he's outside or he's pretty, he has to press Gomez because like the way we like to press. And that sort of isolates Salah a, a lot. So I think, yeah, I, I, like, I'll concede and I'll say, and end the pressing discussion by saying that I concede and maybe I'm the hopeless romantic who wanted to press at Anfield. <laughs> and, uh, and maybe Arteta is right maybe like that's why he's manager um yeah but like quickly just like transitioning on to our attack now uh i don't think that we had sustained possession for any length of time in their field uh in, in the final third uh and because of our outpour like our possession approach the game sort of tended to be more of a transitional game which sort of plays into, into liverpool's hands uh where we want to isolate uh, Trent, which we at times did, where Martinelli really got isolated on the left side. And I felt he he should have done better at times, you know. Uh, he reminds me of that Gutu. So, a meme, like sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe bad. 
um, where he should be beating Shabos Lai when he when he's isolated, right? Um, so, do you think that we should have made more of those chances? Because I, it's when Saka was isolated, he was doubled up, but Natalini wasn't. Uh, so, how do you think? Like, we did we exploit those chances enough, uh, Alex? I think this is still a continuation of a discussion we've had for a couple of weeks now with regard to Martinelli. I think firstly, we can say Konate had an excellent performance. Um, I think Sabosla had a really good defensive performance too, a better defensive performance than he had an offensive one. And he he was really good in deals. Um, so it made it tough for Martinelli. That said, I still think he should have done more. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a dilemma with Martinelli at the moment because I never want him subbed. Because I feel like when we sub him, and I think it happened again today, Trossard had some nice moments, but I think we lose a lot of that threat and ability to pin teams back and ability to threaten transition. So I never really want him subbed, and he does so much good stuff defensively. I think he also did some really good stuff in terms of ball winning in the middle and kind of carrying forward. We, we just spoke about whether that was a good choice. Maybe he should have just recycled and allowed us to build slowly. But I think he had a good performance in that sort of, in that sort of way of allowing us to kind of push back up the pitch. But... I just think his decision making in the final third and getting into the box is 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 worse this season than it's been in previous seasons. I think he he holds on too long because he's trying to make the right decision. And I and I watch him compared to Saka, and I think Saka used to have frustrations with with his decision making because he kind of he just decide what to do and then he tried do it, or he'd wait too long and he'd hold. But I think Saka's. He's got to this point where I think through trial and error, he's really refined himself as a decision maker over the last couple of years. And he's just really good at right making the decision, the right decision. But sometimes just making a decision is important. I feel like Martinelli doesn't do that. And it, it does kill a lot of our attacks or, or just n- not make the most of our attacks. It may be a, f- a more fair way of appraising what he does. Uh, I was having, we were having this discussion about, about him, right? about whether he should be doing more because obviously this role doesn't suit him to his ideal strengths and people call him the best shooter in the squad and all of that. I think he's the best at getting off shots for sure. Um, but but my thing is that he's he's putting up like 0.17 XG, you know, P- P19, a dominant team and a tutorially dominant team too, partly because of how he, you know, he does those shifts out wide. But I I do want to see more from him just getting, getting shots off... Um, you know, if you're not going to take your man on, then moving the ball off quickly and then trying to find like a run in behind to get into the areas where you can score. And I don't think we see that enough from him. And we do on the other side see that from Saka. I know Saka has that dual threat or triple threat in a, in a way that Martinelli doesn't to, to his game. But, but I think Nelly could be doing more. So it, it's a frustrating one. Having said that, didn't want him subbed. And I do think we we suffered a little bit. I think Trossard was good, but I think we suffered a little bit when he came off. Yeah, I think, and that decision making sort of um, showed up in the forty first minute when we should have had the second goal when Saka went through. Which, mm. by the way, I feel Saka should have gone down on that contact. I think that just gives the referee a decision to make. But I think Martinelli slips right as he's about to make contact, which like sort of delays his decision. So, I want, I want your thoughts on Martinelli as well, but uh, just to add more context, like, do you think he's rushing or delaying his decision making? Um, and 
the fact that it's worse this season than last season is because that we're just finding him lesser this season and we're sort of a lopsided right-handed team this season. You mean generally this season, not just the Liverpool game, right? Um, I think some of his struggles have to do with the fact that we're a more territorially dominant team, which means that his role as an outside player is a lot more static than it is dynamic. In last year, when we had a lot more space to operate and he would have the opportunity to get into his actions dynamically, whereas in this year he receives, he has to beat his fullback, and it's a lot more static to deal with. On top of that, through that actually, um, when he does go on the outside, he has to do a lot of his crossing on his left foot, which also isn't ideal. His best work always comes when he's able to cut inside and get shots off on his right foot which is something that he needs to work on with Havertz to get into those positions more often, especially in game states where we are territorially dominant, right? In transition games, he does still do a lot of good work, even though against Liverpool specifically, and now we'll come on to that, I think the story of the Liverpool game defensively is about, to use an NBA term here, is about help defending, Um Martinelli as well as Saka as the two biggest sort of transitional threats on each team both had help defenders to try and block their impact. We already discussed with Salah that uh, Saliba was coming over to the left-hand side a lot more just to to offer help defending there and to to stop those actions happening. And Schoboschlei did an excellent job of uh, being the help defender when when, uh, Martinelli was isolated with Trent. And Therein you also see that the only difference between each player here is just the individual of qu- uh, the individual quality of Salah in one moment just to get his shot off and score a goal. Um, otherwise, there is a sort of big similarity in how both of them were defended and how both of them were kind of neutralized for the game. Because Sa- Salah as well, apart from his goal, was pretty quiet for the night. I think, yeah, I pretty much agree on that context, uh, I think the little bit of quality difference showed up with Salah where he just puts the ball in the net where there is that was just the only space where he could have put it and he just blasts it in. Uh, and I was like, I was shitting balls the moment he came inside, right? Uh, did I just say shitting balls? I was shitting bricks the moment he <laughs> got inside. Uh, yeah. So, this, is, this was such an even game. Like if it's just the possession stats are 50-50 basically, the number of passes are exactly the same. Pass completion rate for both teams is exactly the same. Like give or take like one or two percent here or there. So on that context, I know like we, we can't like take this game on face value. Like we have to be very, very mature. And especially because we're a team who hasn't won the league. We just need to grind these sort of games out before we can like start grabbing some of these games. Uh, like and have our players mature enough to make the difference on the field. But I want to get into a little bit of more attacking stuff, especially our RHS, where when we did have some sustained possession, like I know it's a very ebby and flowy game. Do you think we should have made more of that, where we do our usual block on the right? Um, and do you think like there were some nerves in just how we started the second half, you know? Um, getting robbed of possession, turning the ball high up, like taking 
couple of extra touches Odegaard getting robbed for example in the second early in the second half Sinchenko, Sinchenko getting robbed again, like getting robbed mm. I don't know why he's trying the cutback when the person is coming from behind him uh, but yeah so do you think there's nerves on is it was it just the pragmatic approach or should we have done more on the RHS uh, trying to isolate some of the defenders there uh, I'll start with Seb yeah I think I actually think in the first sort of 25 minutes uh the right hand side was quite working quite well. One player I would like to sort of exclude from criticism is Martin Odegaard. I thought he was majestic for a large part of that game. The amount of responsibility he took in deep build up in Anfield conducting play progressing the ball is it's just incredibly good to see. Um but on the attacking bit, I I think Saka had a good opening twenty minutes where he was able to get at his fullback, get into those combinations with wide overlapping. Um, I think what sort of hindered him, funnily enough, is the fact that Costa uh, Simakas had to go off, and with Joe Gomez there, Joe Gomez is just a lot more comfortable defending Saka coming in on his left foot because he is able to then defend him on his right foot. Um, but again, there were a few moments where we were able to get into those combinations. Sometimes the pass to an overlapping white was overhit. Uh, but most of the time, the in the second half especially, the fact that both white and Saka weren't as impactful was less to do with them and more us not finding them anymore because we were just a lot more sloppy in deep buildup and just couldn't get the ball to those zones as much as we should have. Yeah, I agree largely with Seb. I actually thought Saka had a pretty great game overall, I have to say. Um, as as a playmaking performance, I think he was excellent. I think he had a better game than than Salah. I know they often get compared, but Salah just in the end had that one moment of quality that ended in the goal um, where Saka didn't. But I think Saka was excellent all game. Receiving, you know, out on the right, being able to drive forward for us. I think he was he was some of our most important player in, in terms of also we spoke about Martinelli sometimes driving forward and then having no options. Um, the same happened with Gabby J once or twice. With Saki, he has that ability to kind of drive forward, realize there's nothing, kind of cut back, wait for options, and then either you know he'll take on his man, he'll pass. He he's just he. I think he had a fantastic performance to be honest. Um, I know there's a whole lot of other stuff like overshadowing it because Simicus, you know couldn't take a shoulder-to-shoulder challenge. But I think, yeah, I, I think one of the things is Saka sometimes got taken out of the game a little bit by by getting fouled, as he has been. And that kind of affected him a bit more now, partly because we were just getting caught under the pressure a lot and then, yeah, struggling to find him. But yeah, I think I think Saka was good. I didn't actually have that many problems with our right-hand side, I think. I just think Liverpool are really good. Maybe I'm a bit more, like, forgiving of the team in that regard. I also think Odegaard couldn't help as much in the higher areas because he was taking a lot of responsibility deeper. Maybe you want to see a little bit more of, of um, Havertz knowing when to float onto what side and, and Gabby J offering himself a bit more as an outlet than always wanting to receive it to feet just to kind of stretch and create, you know, nice dynamics that side. But I think overall I was, I was kind of happy with our right inside. I'm interested, maybe a little bit more minus like what, what issues did you have in particular with it? Um, I felt like we didn't sustain attacks too much on the right hand side, and of course, I didn't like. There was only just one time where White did his um, overlap, overlap, 
mm. uh, and it came to Odegaard and he he had a shot. Uh, so you know, if we sort of try to create those moments again, um, and we took a little bit more risk at times, uh, calculated risk down on right hand side, I think we could have created more chances because I think systemically we are much much better. We are a much much better outfit attacking wise. uh and we've got better automatisms than liverpool i think we, they were exploitable down the wings we could have gotten behind them um i understand the mitigating factors but i think we could have created better chances in this game uh there were a couple of two or three times i think we could have done better there alex do you want to add to that i think that's fair i think my my question then is how how do you guys think we could have It, and the main thing is really sustaining the territory right and not getting caught in that transitional game i think that's that's kind of the theme um so i think when i was thinking right inside i was really was thinking so can i think you know the the white overlaps kind of come when we've got a bit more control and the the shape is good for him to kind of go ahead and know that he's protected and that never happened because the game we never really got that sort of consolidation in terms of territory so i think that the main thing was maybe urugo being able to be you know receiving higher moving into those higher areas and control is that just the nature of us trying to go too direct and not building slowly and and over you know a couple of sequences being able to build in that position where now we have Urugo whoever sitting in that like right half space sucker out wide and then those rotations can start to happen with white coming on the overlap and people um you know crashing the box is that really the issue just that we kind of tried to play through too quickly um or do you think that i mean i'm kind of minded but maybe i'm being too lenient on the team um i'm kind of minded that that would have just been really difficult to achieve and and might have left us really vulnerable in those transitional moments that i think those high transitional moments where the team is up high someone's getting in behind like darwin unias in the in the second half maybe and and those are risks that maybe arteta didn't want to fully commit to that higher territory to create those sort of situations but but yeah i do think a lot of it is down to just rushing when to get forward like if you consolidate your possession once you have it and sort of play the first two or three passes to get into a shape and then get into attacking motions you can still organize your rest defense to be at a keel where you're not immediately susceptible to the long ball in behind but the problem is that when you immediately look to find saka or you immediately go look to find martinelli to then force these sort of transitional moments you're consolidated deep fine but you're just not able to get the attacking potency to really threaten liverpool the way you should i do think that this is this is like not being disrespectful but or undermining but underrating underestimating the effectiveness of Liverpool's press in terms of us building out i mean odegor was great right but he also did get caught once or twice just because liverpool clocked onto how we were trying to build they had guys on him immediately and we we you know we almost conceded a big chance i would i would point out that it was another shoulder to shoulder yeah. that didn't get you can do up. it in but, another but, way as well <laughs> You, you you don't just have to build deep to consolidate possession that way you could also as we've done a lot and we're really good at doing that as well just having the long ball going for the second ball in the other half and then consolidating possession there and not immediately force a 1v1 we lost those long balls though we got dominated in that respect so i don't think that we was we lost the first instance but I, we I did win a quick... lot of second balls especially in the first half 
I don't think we were as effective from, on, on the second balls. Uh, could have exploited them physically more. Uh, and I think I just I, I'll close. I'll touch up on this at the end a little bit, where when we like summarize the discussion a little bit. Uh, so just moving on from from that, I want to get into the last topic before the break, and then we'll go into general themes. I want to quickly come back to the pressing. I know we didn't like. We've we've said and we've talked about it enough. Uh, and in the end, it turned out to be a f- a four press rather than a five press. Uh, and I think this was also logically re- uh, done to not get isolated at the back one v one and just leaving that one man extra because even if you do get isolated, you uh, once once like once the defense shuttles along, uh, you still have that free man at the back. I think that sort of also plays into the fact that. We were not at our attacking best. Uh, it's hard because Liverpool do also counter press a lot. Uh, it's I think it was very reminiscent of the fact uh, of the Manchester United game just said at the start. But even there, we pressed, uh, you know, uh, with a five. We were okay having one v ones, but we were not here. I just want to close the, our attacking transitional and out of possession approach with this. Uh, we'll take a break. Um, and then we'll get into more general general discussion around the game. So welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the break. We sort of had a small discussion in the break, and we're just gonna straight uh, straight away get back get into our last bit of topics that we want to discuss. I want to do uh, uh, something different. So I want to quickly we we'll quickly go through the entire team, and uh, we'll start with Seb. And I don't want you to think. I wanna. I want you to answer as soon as you hear the question. Okay. So we're gonna rate our players good, bad, or me. We'll start with Martinelli. Good, bad, or me? Me. Jesus. Good. Saka. Good. Havertz. Good. Rice, very good. Odegaard, very good. White, meh. Saliba, better than Van Dijk. Gabriel, <laughs> good. Zinchenko, bad. Raya, good. Uh, Enkedia. Good for the circumstances he came into. Trosser? <sighs> um. Oh Jesus! Just okay. You're out of time, so we're, we're, go, we're <laughs> going to Alex now. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Alex. It's a nice game show. Uh, and then we'll. I'll show you some. I'll show you the statistical ratings. Okay. Uh, so Alex, we'll start with good, bad, or meh. We start with Raya. Good, really good. White. Meh. Sliba. Excellent. G- uh, Gabriel. Excellent. Zinchenko. Sometimes good in possession, pretty shit defensively, and responsible for a lot of our problems. So meh. <laughs> I think Mel leaning towards bad because basically I think he could have been the reason that we lost big time. Yeah. Okay. Havertz. Meh, but like a nice meh. 
राइस गुड रियली गुड ओरिगार्ड गुड गॉड खोट्स अ लिटिल बेटर टाइम्स साका गुड हेसुस मैं मार्टिन हैली गुड मैं आई डोंट नो एंड कैचर good i think he actually i i didn't want him coming off the bench to be honest i was a bit upset but i think he had a really good performance um which i didn't in the in the way that he performed i didn't expect yeah trossard trossard good i'm going to answer this for say because i think he felt individually good tactically just didn't help exactly that's, exactly and that's this. what you get with yeah. playing him out wide <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh we can conclude that potshot crew does not have a middle ground it's either good or bad with us <laughs> Uh so this is a nice segue into discussing individual performances because I want to talk about our center backs and we'll we'll also talk about our full backs but I want to talk about our center backs who I think in the last context of the game they were the only ones including Raya who were just spotless I think they didn't let the occasion get to them uh some of the in possession things that Sidibe did I just cannot imagine a 22 year old uh player doing at Anfield under immense pressure like he he played like a seasoned midfielder there's just a few moments every single game where Saliba does something and I just make very weird noises looking at what he does on the pitch yeah i literally get i've got goosebumps right now from just having this discussion saliba's just next level as a player like he's gone up a level so quickly and he was already at world class last season the little so faint he did on the left hand side to evade pre- dude the ball he took this is against salah mind you across obviously across the side there was two there were two situations one way he had to cut off but the one that and you know i think that's one that's been doing its rounds on twitter where i kind of had to cut off played it to gabriel gabriel played it back to him and then he beat the press or beat the guy pressing him and passed forward right um but but the one that really just took me was the one out of the air over the top to sala just pushes across sala takes the ball nicely onto his right foot not a big bounce or anything nice and control out of the air and then he moves forward with it i mean he's just an exceptional player yeah i think i don't i don't want to say anything there i don't want to change this guy um and <laughs> and gabriel is well, i think i think this i think gabriel doesn't get talked about enough uh, but he's he has been incredibly consistent this season and there there was a tactical possibility with timber that he might not be starting as many games and there it still could happen just it's just something i feel that it's it, it's completely tactical uh but i just want to say like he was incredible he scored a goal he defended the box incredibly well he defended sala at times pretty well uh and yeah i think in defense we were impenetrable i think in the center at least and of course if you do end up beating our full backs who are perhaps one we like not the best one we one defenders then you've got cover like you have rice or you have the the same side center back coming to you and again like just going into uh zinchenko and white touching on zinchenko very quickly i know there is this trade off we have with him where he's just uh, like he leaves space he's he's suspect one v one but he does give us a lot of upside in possession when the like 
how much do we still want this from him or do we as a team need to start looking at solutions starting soon yeah i i have i this is probably the game i've been most frustrated with sinchenko with because yeah we do cop the individual mistakes the lack of concentration at points for his in possession upside but once he starts doing weird cruyff turns on the edge of his own box at anfield and gives away three this or four thing. thing three or four giveaways that could have led to goals then his possession upside just goes out of the window because he would cost us the game at the end of the day so it's 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 still a trade off in how much you want Sinchenko there for his in possession upside i do think he is a lot more valuable to us in games where we have territorial control and i'm certain if Timba or Tomiyasu were available he wouldn't have started the game but in a situation where we have a lack of alternatives the only thing that's a huge issue is just carelessness carelessness in his possession game where th th those giveaways just can't happen yeah i mean i completely agree i think you know what this the the team that Arteta is creating is one that just wants to get rid of any sort of of these moments of weakness that can just you know self inflicted that can undo the team and I think it's a testament to how valuable Zinchenko is that Arteta still starts him and wants him in the team so so often I don't think he would have started this game either but he does start big games over Tomiyasu because of what he does on the ball and what he does in possession so I think. It's so easy to get frustrated with him because the team is just so impenetrable now that those mistakes stand out a lot more. Um, that we can kind of lose sight of how important he is to us in what he does in possession, and I think he has improved defensively as well. It, it's worth saying. I think he did poorly for Salah's goal, but I think he's he's been better in his out of possession stuff. Always been good at winning headers, but now I think he's better one v one, bit more supported as well. But all of that said, it is this is a team that we're building where we just want to be dominant everywhere. And when you're making these mistakes, it just it pisses me off, dude. Like some of the stuff, even the one that annoyed me was that that unnecessary, um, like sort of it was cute, looked cool, gonna look great in the comp. But that pass, like back heel exchange with Rice, where basically he gave the ball to Rice under huge amounts of pressure right against the touchline. Where he could have actually passed, I think it was open to Odogo, might have been Havertz, but there was a free man with space to receive. Zinchenko wanted to do the quick, nice, neat one-two exchange. Rice ends up losing the ball out the halfway line. It's just stuff like that where his, you know, the eccentric neighbor, where that eccentricity or eccentricism, whatever the word is, right? We don't walk into correct us in this pod. Where that just kind of let the team down here. I I, I don't even know what he was trying to do. With with the chance that led to the huge um, trend chance where it was a 5v1. But, like, what was he trying to do there? Did he trip Odegaard? I'm still not really sure what happened. He but slipped. They were just... He, oh, he slipped. Uh, well, I mean, that's another thing about this. My my hot take is I think we win this game <laughs> if our players... If there were no slips. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave that. Um, we, we slipped up. But yeah, I don't know. There were just a lot of a lot of moments where I think it's hard to judge because I think he still did, did really good stuff in possession. He he actually led us some 
he actually led us on certain occasions to some really promising attacks. Although, again, we can also speak, was he playing too vertically? Possibly. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a frustrating, it's a frustrating part of Zinchenko's game is more so even than his defending out of possession is the risks he sometimes takes deep in his half. Sorry, that was a rant and a half, but yeah. No, no, that's, that. yeah, it's sort of, it's a good rant on Zinchenko and I think as a team, as a squad, I think we need to start transitioning away from him. I mean, to find other solutions in possession. And I know we've like, Build Timber up to this savior sort of uh, fullback, but like I think he's gonna have some issues as well that we don't know about yet. But we'll see when he comes in. Um, I just feel like he he's more secure in possession and more. I'm not non-hero, sure. The ultimate absence of makes the heart grow fonder at the moment. He seems like the yeah. Jesus Christ to our mid- to our defensive problem. Because when we watch Timber, I mean, just the small sample size and the games I watched of him at Ajax, just to kind of see what he was about. He has some really loose short passes, and it's not the sort of ones where Zinchenko is taking unnecessary risks. He's not. The passes just aren't that good which is funny because he he comes with this opinion like this reputation of a really good pass and i think he has that in his bag does he i i feel like it's more his ball carrying that stands out than his passing well i think that's sort of that's been the re i mean when when we first heard of it is that he was a good ball carrier and a passer and i think he can pass through pressure when pressure is being placed on him but his general passing is is a bit off and i think that's when we'll see it's it's a really hard player to build past with Sinchenko because he has huge flaws, but also what he does for us is so important in certain games. And I think the reality is is that he's just a he's a tool. He's not like a, a spine of the side like a Saliba will start every game. Rice, you want starting every game, and, and Rice's faults are not big enough that they're big issues and, and something where his qualities are just so huge you want to build around. Suck. I know people have an issue with calling Wing and Spine of the side, but he is he's the spine of the team. He starts every game. So I don't know. I don't think we ever fully lose need for Zinchenko. He's that unique. But and he and he's he's a great player. But but yeah, I have to agree, Manus. Like in games like this, I want to be building past him. I don't want I don't want us giving up those chances. And I want us being dominant. But yeah. Right. So I'm just quickly, just to end the discussion on individuals, I uh, I want to touch upon quickly on Raya. I think he was pretty good at this game, even though I think it didn't build up to the through the back as much. But there were like sequences where we played out of the back, and uh, and I I think this is testament to Arsenal and to him as well, where he was so calm building out of the back. Uh, you know, as like I said, I was watching at a bar, and the Liverpool supporters were like, "Oh, oh, oh. and I was like, "Do you not watch Arsenal? Like this is how we play." And this is kind of like, <laughs> which we're going to play out, out the back. It's not a problem. Uh, uh, and I think, I, think, I think it's credit to him. I think he claimed a couple of crosses and long balls as well. Uh, he didn't have any bozo moments. So, yeah. Um, I want to touch on White as well. I may, there's, there's a hamstring issue I think he's going through. Um, so, we'll keep that caveat. But I feel there, there are like similar issues with him that we have with Zinchenko, but slightly on a lower scale, well, he, he he's not going to try that hero stuff, uh, but he gives us so much in attack and in possession. But I feel like he's also somebody who can be exploited in one way, just the way he approaches them. Like, I know he, he got done at Brighton last season and in the last game, last season and this season as well. Uh, so, what are your thoughts, thoughts on White and do you, do you feel that 
he may be replacing the squad at some point uh seb i find it hard to to analyze him currently because as, as you said there there was this reporting that he is carrying an injury and he does look a lot more prohibited over the last three or four weeks um i would say the best white that we saw is someone who who is a big part of the side again i would say with all fullbacks is that i would not class any of them as every game starters in an ideal situation but more so individuals that have certain functions that are able to be uh utilized in in specific game states right we with tomiyasu who is a lot different to Sinchenko with White with Timber when he does come back. So I, I would say all of them are have their place in the squad and are there on merit and offer things that others just can't. But all of them have their faults in in certain game states. And I think with White, a lot of the things that we're currently criticizing him for, a sort of looseness, a sort of accentuation of his his individual weaknesses in 1v1 defending out wide are just exacerbated by by carrying something and just looking a bit inhibited yeah i think that is such a political answer from seb like everybody has you know everybody has weaknesses and we shouldn't judge people <laughs> like that yeah but okay I've, we get it just to add on on raya a bit I, I feel like for the amount of criticism he received, both in the general public and on our part, we d- should give him a bit of his flowers for this game. I feel... He, I, I, it's funny that I think he had a positive on-ball game, but he completed 5 out of 20 passes, which is a sort of interesting dichotomy. Um, but I I think he was excellent, especially in cutting out Liverpool attacks at the first instance where they do swing those balls into the box and he's able to cut those out every time and doesn't lead doesn't lead to second instances where a second ball is played uh, Salah or Nunez or whoever gets into a physical battle with one of the central defenders it's just he's just a very calming influence when he is playing at that rate and I think for all the bad moments he had in, in a few games beforehand, he was very, very good today. I agree on yeah, I agree on both both the Raya and the white points. I think with with Raya, we're still kind of waiting, I think, for the fan base to really like be won over by him. They want to see like a great shot stopping display, which is what I expected him to have to provide for us today. And he he didn't, but what he did, I think he I think he had a great game. I don't think there were any faults. I don't think he could have done better on the goal or, or on the trend chance um again it's it's so interesting yeah, right White's- that raya's pure shot stopping numbers look worse than ramsdale's but we do concede a lot less chances than with ramsdale which in a lot in large parts are down to his what do you say how do you say it um Shot stopping? No, it, it, proactiveness. That's the word I was looking for, which is down oh, in large parts yeah, to yeah. his proactiveness. I would say it's down in some part. I think large parts is the other changes we've made to us yeah, yeah. defensively this season. But he he definitely he definitely does it. It does add up. I I think I think he had a good performance. Um, 
Yeah, he just he just needs to get a little bit more consistent with his performances and have a great shot stopping performance to I think really win over the side. I agree, he was great on the ball. Um, yeah. So, before we end this pod, I think it's almost transfer window season. Um, it's probably going to be it is going to be next week. Uh, so I just want to get thought uh, everybody's thoughts on what is that one profile or player that we need. Um, Striker, midfielder, uh, defense. I think all of those are uh, more or less important to us right now. What do you think we need as an immediate short-term or maybe mid, mid, short to mid-term signing in January, uh, Alex? This is a difficult one. Um, I think, though, most important is getting a defender in Um I th- ideally, to be honest, remember all of the that panic by some person who uh, who is lying on on social media about about Saliba being injured and pe- people were just freaking out. I think it just does show, and then if that performance afterwards, just how important he is. Not like the performance showed how important he is as an individual, but as a central center back, that role that he has is so important to us, and no one else can do it. White can't perform that role. Um, I have no clue about Timber, but Timber's like half alive at this point. Gabriel, I think we can we saw again, we've seen many instances, I think we saw versus PSV, right? That we conceded a lot in, in the more vertical chances because Gabriel's just not comfortable protecting space and and you know acting at different angles like someone like Saliba is. So I think for me, getting in a central center back would be the the position I'd go for, uh, the player I'd want to get in it, and ideally as a longer-term option too. Um, secondarily, maybe a, f- a fullback who adds something different. But I do think we need another defender because if we lose a defender, suddenly the season's hanging a lot more by a thread. And I think while there is a lot that could be said for getting in a certain type of midfielder, I think partly that's been solved by finally using Odogo in a different way slightly deeper, more involved in the build-up that has relieved how much we needed that sort of profile. And I'm glad Arteta's made that change. But I think um, while maybe getting in a player like that raises the ceiling of what we can do offensively, I think if we lose another centre-back, and especially if it's if it's Saliba, I think that's our season like collapsing almost in terms of what we can achieve as is. So I would rather the safer option and I think maybe a longer term look at you know getting someone in who can who can be a backup for Saliba. Yeah, I think center backs is somewhere it, it is a position where probably short, right? Like who's going to back up Saliba because Kivior can probably play in, instead of Gabriel if if he goes out, but who's coming mm-hmm. in for, for Saliba? Um Rural Walters alternatively. Yeah. Just trust the youth. <laughs> Yeah, rather, uh, yeah, I, I take him over Rob Holding any day. Um, Seb, do, who do you think, like, what's that one profile do you think if we were to go for in Jan? I think defensive reinforcements are a large part down to the return dates of both Tomiyasu and Timber. Like, where do we see Timber on the timeline internally in the club? Um, I find the idea of a Saliba backup a bit fanciful because having a player who plays a set role but plays that role like mm, 10 times a season at a qualitative level where it helps Arsenal, that's a difficult 
uh, situation to handle um, and to sell to the player who we would buy. I think the most immediate need would be another wide forward just to have numbers there because as soon as either Martinelli or Saka is out, we have Trossard who is just stylistically more suited to interior positions and Reese Nelson who is stylistically very well suited but just doesn't seem to be trusted at all. So getting a wide forward in is probably the most immediate need. I think center forward is very well stocked and midfield reinforcements would probably depend on when we are able to finally get rid of Thomas Partey. Yeah, I think I think wing is a good shot too. Um, it doesn't sound like we're in for one at all though. Yeah, Interestingly. I think most of the links are either for a striker and I haven't heard like I like there are uh, rumors on Twitter that we want a center back or maybe a defender, but most of the noise that I'm hearing is about a striker. I think the striker noise has kind of been um, dismissed by by Ornstein as being kind of I think agent pushed by 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 Tony and and even maybe Solanke's agents. He said that we're looking towards the summer, so I do. And I'm happy because I don't think I think the last position we really need is a striker, even if it is something to improve on next season. You really want to get that next top player. And right now we have Gabby J, Inketia, Trossar, and then Martinelli. And Havertz is an so, potential so option as well. To see that. And Havertz forgot. So we've we've literally got five pretty pretty decent options there right now. So if even if Eddie had to leave in January, um yeah, I wouldn't. I would look to bring in a winger then, and finally move Trossard permanently to to centre forward for now. Yeah. Okay. So I think we should close here. Um, I think we've had pretty long discussion on the game, and I just want to quickly like touch upon a couple points. I think the Anfield pitch yesterday was pretty disgraceful. I think uh, the ball was not moving, uh, and I think the conditions, including the wind, at it's. It just played into Liverpool hands a lot, and um, and if you didn't know, uh, the Anfield they they rent out the pitch at weekends for uh, ice skating apparently because everybody was slipping except the Liverpool players. <laughs> Uh, so maybe they do ice skating on the weekdays. <laughs> the, the deadpan delivery is killing me, but I believed you for yeah, a so, very uh, short second. I think Seth was like, "Really? How do you know?" <clears throat> but they do, they do. Uh, Klopp's pretty great at it. But we'll end, we'll end the pod here. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Please go uh, follow us on Twitter if you are not. Uh, the music is done by JW Blake. You can find him on Twitter. And uh, a very Merry Christmas because this is Christmas Eve and you probably get this podcast post Christmas. So I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and we will see you in the next one. I guess. Bye.